Welcome to Pondering Passages, the podcast. We're talking about uh, Psalm, Psalm 14 this week. Uh, Dave, uh, you're right here, sitting right here beside me. So what do you think about, what do you think that this is going to bring to our listeners of our podcast this week? It's going to bring a tear. Well, hopefully, hopefully it will bring some inspiration and maybe a new commitment to follow Jesus. I like that. I like that. And, and not everybody thinks of the Psalms as a uh, way to follow Jesus, but um, certainly it points to God. God points to Jesus. Jesus points to God. We point to the Psalm. We point to Jesus. We point. Okay, well, let's, let's get together with uh, the, the pondering uh, on the podcast and find out what it has to say to us. Welcome to Pondering Passages. Today we're taking a look at Psalm 14, and I'm here yes, with my are. good friend right over there. Hey, it's Kurt Austin, my good friend right over there. And I'm David Mullins, as okay. always. As advertised. Yeah. Yeah. So Psalm 14, uh, I, I like this psalm, uh, but when I... When I when I think about Psalm 14, I came away with a different perspective than what I have had in the past. And I've thought about why, and I've come to the conclusion is because I actually read it this time. <laughs> As opposed to just not reading it or just reading it once and well, moving I, on? I think what? the first line, <laughs> the first line, I made some assumptions and, and so when I was reading through the psalm this time, it's like, oh, wait a minute. This isn't what I thought it was. And then as I read through the commentaries, they uh, they actually concurred uh, with with what I was sensing. So I figured we, well, we, I didn't, we would get I didn't that. read any commentaries uh, this time. I, I chose not to read commentaries. So I'm going to have to. Uh, I'm going to have to carry this for us. Please do. Just, just get, jump on my back, man. So this is uh, so. Psalm 14 for the choir director, Psalm of David, and verses 1 and 2 and 3. Only fools say in their hearts, there is no God. They are corrupt and their actions are evil. Not one of them does good. So you said you read verse 1 and you had this assumption. What was your original assumption? But I, I've seen verse 1 quoted a lot of times in a lot of different situations. But usually okay. it's about it's you know when when they when they talk about it they're usually talking about atheists or agnostics, you know they're you fools. Mean, you mean people who are reading this that are wanting to use this in a context of some sort? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And All and right. so I came away with yeah you know it's fools say in their heart there's no God because you know it's evident that God's all around, but the reality well should we should we just throw it should I just throw it all out there? Yeah, yeah. I guess might as Dive well. Right in. Because the, the the rest of the psalm really corroborates this. Uh, in the psalmist day, atheism and, and, and agnostics didn't exist. You know, they knew there was a God. Everyone knew mm. there was a God. God. God was not in question. The question was, which God? Which gods yeah, was the yeah. question? Not 
oh, whether there's a God or not. So there's no way that the psalmist is talking about atheists or agnostics. So the question is, who is the psalmist talking about? And then that's what the rest of the psalm, I think, answers. That makes sense. I mean, especially even, not especially, even the second sentence of verse one, mm-hmm. right? Now, now we're starting to get a definition of yeah. who, who are these people. They are corrupt. Their actions are evil. Not one of them does good. Um Verse two, the Lord looks down from heaven on the entire human race. He looks to see if anyone is truly wise, if anyone seeks God. But no, all have turned away. All have become corrupt. No one does good. Not a single one. Yeah. And and there in verse two, there's the definition of who are the truly wise. Uh, And for he looks to see if anyone is truly wise, if anyone seeks God. Yeah. yeah. And so you have the fools who say in their heart, there is no God. Uh, again, they say in their hearts, this isn't something that they would necessarily say out yeah. loud. Yeah. This isn't something that, yeah. you know, they would say they believe. It's It's in their hearts, which really show itself in their actions. Yeah, and so by their yes. right actions, they're basically saying, you know, "There's no God. I'll do what I want." Well, and that would be true, even if you know, even if people, uh, right? When when push comes to shove, we're in our worst place. We we throw up a prayer, mm-hmm. even though our actions say we really don't believe there is a God. I mean, we really don't. And it doesn't yeah. matter which one, whether you want to be the God. You know, when I was in college, we would build little, uh, I was in a ceramics class and the instructor made you build a little kiln God to mm. protect your pottery from blowing up. Uh, so you would build a, a kiln God and it's like, I don't believe in that kiln God. Yeah. I don't do it. I don't believe in this kiln God. I don't think that yeah. protects my pottery, but as part of the class, we built little kiln gods. I'm sure I'm going to hell because of it. Well, because, I, I think it's know, had I, a deeper effect on you than what you even know. It explains so much. I do think that God I, I find it interesting. High. Yes. I find it interesting that you lost audio when you're talking about your little idol that you made. <laughs> really? You didn't hear any of that? No, no, that was in there. But, you know, it's like right after that, you all of a sudden your audio goes away. And I think it just proves what the psalm is saying. You know, uh, I, I the Lord agree. looks down on the entire human race. I agree. And he's just looking for somebody to seek God and not to build false images. Because really that is where wisdom comes from. Uh, Seeking God. Seeking God. Uh, And and, and I know it seems like a cliche. I know, oh, just saying this because you're a pastor, but in my own life, uh, you know, as I seek God more deeper, uh, 
at least I think I'm becoming wiser as well. Well, I think any time that we take our eyes off of ourself and we try to um, find the character of God so that, you know, and we've read about this in all of the Psalms about this unfailing love of God. If you just brought that into your life, if you brought in the character of God in such a way that you were living that same unfailing love towards others, man, you'd be so much wiser. Oh yeah. You know, let alone, let alone anything else, justice, mercy, uh, you know, peace, joy, love, any of those things that you could impart into your own heart and mind in the seeking of God's truth. Yeah. And that, you know, that's the, what is it? The, uh, relative, 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 uh, you know, people are like, well, you know, moral, moral relativity, Mm. you know, you only, you know, there's just this moral thing. Well, no, it's not just morality that I'm trying to find. It is actually a higher plane. And, And it's not only a higher plane, it's actually becoming aligned with, uh, the God of the universe. You know, a lot of people talk about being aligned with the universe. They talk about the universe. Uh, you know, really, it that's because they don't want to deal with the fact that there is a God. You know, but yet they realize that there are there's something operating, you know, behind the scenes. But you know, we know that something is a someone, and it is is God. And when you align yourself with the way He has created the universe. Mm-hmm you're you're flowing in in his love and his grace and things i believe in some way become more effortless because you're not working against uh the one that has oh, created yeah. it all i like that well and that's verse three no all have yeah. turned away yeah you're working against it yep yep you're pushing against it uh you know all have become corrupt no one does good, not a single one. And yeah. these are Israelites he's talking about. He's not talking about atheists or uh, or agnostics. And in our day and age, we would say, no, he's talking about Christians. Yeah. Christians who say there is a God, who say they believe in a God, but yet they live as if there isn't a God. Yeah. And that's where you know my perspective on the psalm really, really changed. And that's... that's uh... How do you do that? Let me ask it in a question and not make it not making a statement. How then do you take this passage and and as you're looking at let's say the church universal and then let's bring it down to the people you're surrounded with. How do you, how do you do that without having a sense of judgment or a sense of sorrow? Um, in, in that we, as we, as followers have kind of lost our way often. Yeah. I, I think one, what, what needs to happen is there needs to be folks that are truly wise and, and seeking God, uh, as examples, you know, I mean, I mean, no one does it perfectly, uh, but and and I think, you know, the spiritual masters and others have helped me in that. I look at their lives and it's like, you know, wow, uh, my life isn't like theirs. What's the difference? Well, they truly did seek God. And sometimes mm-hmm. I just kind of half-heartedly seek, you know, I would seek God when it was easy. I'd yeah. follow and be yeah. obedient when it was easy. Uh, but yet these folks, uh, no. I mean, they it's, yeah. it was their focus and their goal. 
And 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 uh, not just when it's easy. Sometimes when life is just really hard, and I need, I've give you know, like we've laughed about that sign when all else fails, try God. Yeah, well, that's really kind of a starting point for many of us, right? Yeah, yeah. Everything yeah. else has failed, so I'll, I'll I'll give that a try. Yeah. All right, let's keep moving here. We're yeah. burning daylight, as they say in the in the camping world. Will those who, uh, verse four, will those who do evil never learn? And I like this. This is easier to read verses four through seven. Now that we've kind of set this stage with what, what you were talking about before. Yeah. Will, will, will they never learn? They eat up my people like bread and wouldn't think of praying to the Lord. So I'm reading this. I'm reading this book. I brought it in so I could show everybody. So I'm reading this book. Uh, it's backwards. The food of uh, and feasts of Jesus, and it's just uh, it's kind of a cookbook for first century mm. thinking. But so, it's really t- talking about the the political, the agricultural society of the time. And I'm just now on the chapter about bread. Hmm. And how, which is interesting, is uh, as we were reading this, I couldn't get past verse four without thinking about the fact: "Give us this day our daily bread." It was it was a necessary part of every meal for the for the uh, early century people, and really all everyone from that society. And I, as I was reading that, I wondered what uh, verse four: "They eat up my people like bread." It's just a com. It's just commonplace. Yeah. There's nothing fancy about that. Yeah. It's not like they have a giant feast. It's they're just they, they have it at every meal. They they eat it just without even thinking. And I was thinking, is that what he was trying to capture there? Was that you know for them this isn't like this intentional. I'm going to try and take you down as much as this is just part of my life now. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, and they wouldn't even think of praying to the Lord. Uh, and, you know, and how much does that reflect us? I mean, we yeah. might not think we're eating up people like bread. Uh, but, you know, we live in a consumer si- uh, consumeristic society. And, uh, you know, people, you know, not to get too depressive here, uh, but sometimes I, I wonder uh, about the folks that provide my lifestyle. Uh, that mm. live in other countries that yeah. don't get paid very yeah. much yeah. so that I could get my, my cheap clothing and, and food and stuff. Uh, you know, we, we might not be so far removed from these fools that the psalmist is talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So what's going to happen to them Ter- in verse five, terror will grip them for God is with those who obey him, those who seek him, right? Those yep. who are wise. God's with those folks. He's not with these folks. Right. And the wicked, verse six, the wicked frustrate the plans of the oppressed. I thought that was fascinating. Yes. Uh, but the Lord will protect his people. Frustrate the plans of the oppressed. Yeah. Did, did you get did you get any learning about that this week as you were reading any commentaries or or did God uh, just speak to you and tell if, you what if that I, if, if I did get learnings from the commentaries, I've I've forgotten them. Uh but uh, you know, I, th- I thought about, you know, how many plans do the oppressed have? Uh, 
and, and maybe at some point the the press are like, you know, why even have a plan? Because the wicked mm -hmm. continue to frustrate mm -hmm. that. And that's why they mm -hmm. are oppressed because their plans are being, uh, you know, frustrated. Uh, but yet it's the wicked that are doing these things. And again, I think it goes back to, you know, how can we make sure we're, we're on the right side of the equation? Oh, I like that. I like that. Yeah. I like the, I like that idea that um, that the oppressed probably have fewer plans than those who are not oppressed, right? If I if I'm not if I don't have things keeping me down, then the sky's the limit. Yeah, uh, economically, uh, career wise, family, travel, uh, food I eat, all of those things. But if I have a limited uh, outlook on life, I'm already oppressed, and somebody's taking away even those options. Yeah. That would be, it's just horrendous. And, and I don't know. I don't know if there's this thought behind this or not. You know, again, the psalmist is a much different culture than what we are. But it's almost like there's a, a scarce scarcity mindset mm -hmm. uh, that, you know, the wicked believe in order for them to win, then someone else has to lose. And we still have, I mean, we have that attitude. Absolutely. Now. Absolutely. Uh, if I'm going to succeed, someone else has to fail. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's might be the driving force between, you know, at least now, uh, you know, people frustrating other people stop because it's like, I want to get ahead of this person. So I need to frustrate their plans so that my plan can go forward. But what, and, and each one of these are, are at least five and six, uh, basically you're saying, but there's something that the wicked don't know. There's something the fools don't know. What they don't know is that God is with those who obey him. What they don't nice. know is the Lord will protect his people. That, they I like that. that. I like that. That's a great insight. So uh, verse 5, terror will grip them for God is with those who obey. Verse 6, the wicked frustrate the plans of the oppressed, but the Lord will protect his people. Yeah. Ah, that is great. That's a great place to live in this passage. I really, the, the 5 and 6, yeah. those second parts, that's wonderful. Seven comes in, kind of foreshadowing a rescuer. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know who will come from Mount Zion to rescue Israel? Well, uh, yeah. we we know who God has sent to rescue. Yeah, and, and this would be this would be a passage that could be read if you're part of the. Uh, uh, oh, I'm not going to pronounce it right. Uh, this, the dispersion of the Jewish people. If you've been sent to Babylon, yeah. or you're you're outside, and you think God's going to rescue us, it it would hearken back to hearken. That's a great word. Hearken back to the uh, retelling of the story of the Exodus out of Egypt. Yeah, and it yeah. certainly applies to those who are looking for a Messiah. Yes, you know that that this is a messianic promise. That, uh, but but then you can take it down. You can take it from uh, the, that to the day to day 
you know, I mean, just how do I live my life on a day to day? I can trust that God will show up. God will rescue um, who will come from Mount Zion. Yeah. And, and, and so at this point, you're, you're living in that time uh, that, that he has not showed up yet. You're still living in that time. And so the question is, who will come from Mount Zion to rescue Israel? And then there's no answer. There's that to this, to this. this, Yeah. There's no answer in this passage, but there is a looking forward with hope Yeah, because when the Lord restores his people, you know, it's not a question if he will, the question is who will, but when he does, Jacob will shout for joy and Israel will rejoice. Nice. You know, that's something else that the fools had not counted on, that God rescues his people and he will send someone. And when that happens, uh, you know, it's all about Jacob shouting for joy and Israel rejoicing as we, I like that. As we do. I like that. That's a, what a great promise. You know, I yes. mean, uh, that that's uh, after reading all of that, then getting to that promise point where you say, this is what's, this is where it's going to end up. Um, you may be, you may feel like you're surrounded with these people who are ignoring God entirely, who are ignoring his, um, you know, not seeking him in any way, but God will, God will come and fix that. Yeah. That's great. That's good stuff. God will send a rescue. He has sent a rescuer. Uh, the question is, are we, how are we following that rescuer? Uh, yeah. You know, when someone comes and rescues you and says, hey, follow me, I will show you the way out of here. The best thing to do is fi- follow that person, not say, hey, you know what? I think I want to go over here. No, yeah. no, no. That's not the way out. I can show you the way out. And that's what Jesus does. That's great, Dave. That's really, really good. I like it. All right. We are at the time for this week's episode. If you uh, have enjoyed this, we'd love for you to visit our website, ponderingpassages.com. And, um, or you can uh, find us there. You can also find us on Facebook, on Instagram, um, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, uh, all of those wonderful places. And uh, we have blogs, we have audio, we have video, we have uh, yeah, we should more stuff than we should do more. We should, we aren't doing enough. We should do more. We should actually, we should do the stuff that we do now better. That's, that's <laughs> that would be hard. It's easy to do more <laughs> stuff than to do the stuff that you're doing better. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us on this week's. Uh, for the a reminder, we read the same passage every day for a week, and then we come back together and we talk about it. Be a part of that conversation. Jo- join us for that. Um, read Psalm 15 is next week. And if you read it every day and you join this conversation, then we'd love to hear your thoughts as well. Maybe we say something and you go, these people are crazy. They don't have any idea. God told me exactly what that passage means. We'd love to hear that. Otherwise, Just keep it to yourself. We like what we think. So, all right. Anything else, Dave? Does that do it for you? I think, yeah, I think that's plenty. You know what's calling my name right now? What? A big old McAllister's tea. (laughs) (laughs) Always. All right, folks. Have a great day. We'll talk to you next week. Bye.
because I would like to get back to camp. Oh, well, then, fine. I've, I've, I've got it all. I've got it all planned out. This is so sad. This is this is this is who I am. I figure McAllister's open is at ten thirty, so any time we we have to do this till at least ten. <laughs> really, or actually, actually ten ten fifteen. You know, so by the time I, I I get in the car and drive, you know, McAllister's will be open. I can get a tea and then. That's excellent. 